Welcome to The Perfect Storm, a bi-weekly podcast for business executives and cybersecurity professionals. Industry veterans Michael Markulek and Matthew Webster chat with guests about the latest cyber news, threats, and trends, and how all of it impacts their businesses. Harbor Technology Group is a cybersecurity consulting firm that offers advisory services to the SMB. Harbor believes by taking a proactive rather than reactive approach to cybersecurity, business leaders can develop a cybersecurity program that will address external requirements, exceed client expectations, and ultimately take their organization to the next level. Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. Welcome back to another episode of Harbor Technology Group's podcast, The Perfect Storm. I'm Matt Webster, and today I have with me John Ferry from Pivot Point Security. John is the, the CISO slash solutions director at Pivot Point. Uh, he's also uh, a dear friend, uh, somebody I value, uh, whose opinion I value greatly. Um, interestingly enough, and we'll talk about this a little bit, uh, we consider ourselves competition. We both, uh, both of our firms sell uh, very similar products. They've been doing it a little bit longer. Um, they're a little bit bigger firm. Uh, they do a, a fine job having uh, talked to a number of their clients. Um, so if you uh, need some help around, let's say ISO certification or prep for it, uh, well, John will tell you more about his firm here in a second. So John, thanks for thanks for joining. Thank um, you. you. Good to see you. Um, I should have mentioned, uh, sorry to steal your thunder there. I uh, should have mentioned this is the first podcast we've recorded in person. Um, so glad to have you in the office. So I have the joy of sitting across from you and your smiling face. The only right. thing different this time is normally you and I have a beer in That's front right. of us, which That's right. probably is going to happen 10 minutes after this That's podcast true. is over. Yeah, I think there's a better than not chance that that's going to happen since we're just down the road from Troon. Right. So. And, and listen, and, and thank you for that very nice introduction. And uh, I would echo the same thing about Harbor Technology Group. Definitely a competitor to us, but a very, very good competitor. Uh, I think the biggest difference between our service offerings is that the people who deliver our service Services are a lot better looking than the people who live at Harvard Technology Group. So, uh, well, which is a super important thing. A lot of RFIs and RFPs I see uh, have uh, a place to insert photo. Perhaps your board prefers a more handsome that's, individual that's right. presenting the order. Then, then call Pivot Point. Yeah, perfect. So, John, tell us a little bit about Pivot Point. Uh, I think we're pretty easy to understand. Uh, we're an organization uh, that helps organizations that need to prove the secure and compliant do so. Uh, we do that through some tightly, uh, a group of tightly interrelated services. Uh, we have a, we do a lot of uh, help organizations build and optimize their cybersecurity programs uh, and achieve com- conformance and attestations uh, from things like ISO 27001 and SOC 2 and FedRAMP and High Trust and, and now, of course, CMMC in today's world. Right. Of course, if you're going to act in that type of role, you need to understand the underlying call them regulatory compliance frameworks that feed into those. You know, think about things like HIPAA, things about uh, the California Consumer Privacy Act. Right, right. PCI. Know, state, yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, insert, insert, insert abbreviation <laughs> here. Right. <laughs> insert acronym here. Right. Uh, we uh, we, we uh, have a, a security assessment uh, practice where we uh, help organizations prove that their networks and applications and cloud infrastructure is secure. You know, think of uh, things like um, vulnerability assessments, uh, penetration tests, things of that nature. 
Uh, we have, a, like you do, a virtual security team, virtual CISO service. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, where we're flexing in both that strategic component and then, then perhaps some operational component. Like most frequently in things like uh, vendor due diligence reviews. A lot of right. times organizations build a vendor due diligence program, don't have the staff for it, but they need someone to execute it, so we might be doing that on their behalf. Um, and that's the, uh, the the core of what we do on an everyday basis. I, I, not that we're going to talk that in depth about ISO certification or VCSO, um, because we both get a chance to talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. But our, I would say, just for for our listeners out there, for in the businesses that we serve, um, you are probably seeing a lot more. Uh, business in and around SOC 2, Type 2, as well as ISO certifications being required through these third-party assessments that are coming in, as well as more interest in the VCSO model for uh, for your clients, I assume. Yeah. So so attestation is, is the key now, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're going to process somebody else's data, you're going to need to be able to prove that you're doing it in a way which is responsible and achieves their your, your word's just not good enough. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. And what I, what I also stress to people is you know organizations will say you don't understand we're a small company mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you're a small company it matters how big your customer is right. right if you if you are doing work for Ford or Microsoft Microsoft is an example if you're doing work for Microsoft you need to be 27,001 certified you can be a one-person company right in order to get a contract you need 27,001 certified we recently worked with a law firm two two lawyers 27,001 certified they spun off from a larger firm Interesting. They dealt with financial services organizations, mm-hmm. you know, big big banks and banks. Banks said, hey, "We don't care how big you are, you need ISO." So yeah, and I think the other area, which and you guys know this as well, that the, the massive growth opportunities in the cybersecurity maturity model certification, right? Anyone that's in the defense industrial based defense supply chain, uh, you know, which is three hundred and fifty odd thousand organizations, is going to need to be provable to either level one if they're only processing FCI, mm-hmm. or level three if they're processing CUI and FCI. And then there, we know now, you know, Department of uh, Education as an example has said they're going to use it and has advised institutes of higher education. So right. colleges are going to have to go towards 8171 CMMC. So yeah, this idea of someone having a good housekeeping seal of approval, like ISO, like SOC, like CMMC, like FedRAMP, like State Ramp, which is another new mm-hmm. standard that's out there. Yeah, our business is booming in that space. That's right. Um, and I, I mean, and taking it's funny. So my 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 wife and my daughters listened to our first podcast when when Michael and I did it. My and, wife, I don't think my wife has ever listened. Well, to I, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure why they did, but they did. Um, but they were they were laughing like it was really really good and kind of funny and all that. But we didn't understand a word of it because there were so many acronyms and abbreviations. So really, let's. Let's talk a little bit more about just like the human decoder ring for for uh, executives of companies. I know that they all take cybersecurity very seriously and the requirements that are being placed upon them from their clients, whether it be the defense industrial base or Microsoft or insert bank name here. So how do you how do you work with your clients so that they can understand the, the importance around cyber? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it's funny because we just went through a process where we were trying to you know, honestly, from a marketing perspective, do a better job of understanding how we bring value to our clients, right? Um, and as we worked our way through that, we realized that literally every engagement that we do follows a very fundamental process, whether it's a, a penetration test for a single right. IoT device, all the way up through developing a cybersecurity program for a global uh, organization. Um, 
And what's interesting about it is that I started to work with some boards and some CXO suites to use the same basic principle of the way this process works to be able to help them effectively manage and govern their cybersecurity programs because it's very hard for somebody who doesn't know all the acronyms, <laughs> doesn't know what FIPS 140.1 level two encryption is relative to some other form. Right. Um, and then the second thing is that, and you know this, you've been in the field a long time, you get infosec people that bully people that don't know oh, infosec, man. right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, technology in general is guilty of yes. that. Um, right now with, with infosec and cyber being such a hot thing out there, it's like, you know, I'll never forget when I first got into cybersecurity, this was right before the, the, uh, the millennium. Um, it, it, really, the, the pressure on uh, selling organizations that were working in and around cyber was like fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Just scare the crud out of everybody, um, which is that, that idea of bullying, et cetera, that we're smarter than everybody mm -hmm. else. We really know how much trouble you guys are all in. It's, it's really just not a good way to partner with people. And it turns, it turns executives off for sure. Right, right. Because, you know, executives, they, they've gotten to those positions because it turns out they know what they're doing. They're and they're smart, smart people. people. Yeah, yeah. You, we're all ignorant of something, right? right and of I was, I was left with the the guy who uh, provides us with insurance. Biggest, you know, I, I was in his office one time, and he's got this T one connection coming in from right. somewhere, and it's a little office. I'm like, why do you have a T one right. coming into your office? He's like, I think the insurance company put it here. I'm like, what are they doing with it? I have no idea. I said, is it security? Because I have no idea, and I'm laughing at him. Right. And I'm like, God, you're an idiot. Right. And he looks at me, and he says. Yeah, you're an idiot with regards to you're not. You don't have right. enough life insurance. You don't have this. Exactly. So, like, we're all idiots about right. something, right? Right. Right. Exactly. So even the smartest executive. So, so the idea is that that you can you can take a very fundamental approach. You know, uh, several questions that anyone can answer, right? right? In theory, or anyone can ask, and if you can interpret the answer and determine, do I have an issue here or not? Right? Is our cybersecurity where it needs to be? What it also turns out is that. If you use it as a CISO or an IT person that's responsible for security, it reverses the other way. Because now you're, you're, the question that they would ask you is if you're communicating to them in alignment with that question, you know now you're talking in business language, sure. not IT and infosec right. language. And what's the value of that? Well, you know, we're both talking about risk in the same impact criteria. Um, it's going to help them understand what you need, how you need it, right? Because you need as an IT or IS director for you to be uh, resourced appropriately, right? You, sure. need, you need enough cash, you need enough people, right? You need, you need vendors, you need products. Right. right. So if we can kind of bridge that gap and have them both talking at an intermediate level language between That's the right. two fields, Again, the human decoder ring in a exactly. sense, right? exactly, right. Yeah. or the translator. The, you know. Yeah. So if you think about it, it it's it, you know this the, the way we, we kind of define this is that there's three core things that you need to be secure, right? You need a vision, a, a clear picture of where you are and where you're going to, mm -hmm. and ideally you've aligned that vision with what I'll call trusted frameworks. You know, so that means that you're leveraging NIST guidance, you're leveraging ISO 27000 series. Whatever guidance. the framework or combinations of frameworks. There you go. Yeah, uh, yeah. Open web application security sure. project if you're right. an application development firm or SaaS or Appreciate something. Appreciate that you're not using all the uh, acronyms at this point. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're welcome. It's good that you're, you're the human decoder <laughs> to my communication. That's right. Right. So you got these trusted frameworks, right? Because trusted frameworks provide a lot of value to organizations. You know, uh, it ensures that every product that you buy can interoperate with each other, right? You're not, you're not building these... Uh, so uh, silos. Uh, it also ensures that you'll be able to find resources 
that are going to be able to support your program, whether that's internal resources right. or external resources. If you align yourself with the John Very uh, Information Security Program, you know, there's John Very who can support you. Yeah. And, and the minute that John Very is no longer there, you no longer have a resilient cybersecurity program. Well, that, and that was a huge problem we were seeing. Um, we, you know, before we started Harvard Technology Group at, at a previous firm, um, we would engage with you know the ENYs and the Deloittes of the world, and they they built their own frameworks that they were using to measure against, and they were basically doing that to create lock-in where yes. they, they they you know customer A or customer B couldn't go to somebody else because they had to basically start over. So these frameworks that have been developed, um, I'm a little bit biased to, to NIST, the CF, CSF. Mm -hmm. um, I also think that's the Cybersecurity framework. It's a general framework that was developed uh, in the in the two thousands. Um, it's a way of you know if Harbor Technology Group is in there doing risk management work and offering VC so for a customer and they've decided they want to move on, they could easily go to to your firm right. and and we could hand all the documentation over and you're like okay this yeah, makes sense I can, I can pick this up right. I know exactly, exactly. what this exactly. control is I know what it's in, what's it intended to do and I'm going metric it yeah yeah I agree completely so so you've got that vision right, right. so so do we have a so so if you are chatting with your IT director or infosec guy and you know do they have a clear vision right are they mm -hmm. able to hand you an information security strategy right the second thing is is that we need to execute on the vision Right. right. So if you think about it, security is nothing. And one of the questions that I've heard you ask other guests is, you know, what is cybersecurity? Right. Right. And really, I, to me, cybersecurity is increasingly, I think of it as just a set of repeatable processes well executed. That's right. right? Yeah. And it's very easy. Well executed is because, is you yeah. know, what is it? The, the true sign of insanity is doing something over and over again for the same result. So it has to be effective, right? Yeah. And the challenge you run into is that it's easy to build a cybersecurity program. Mm -hmm. It's hard to operationalize one. Sure. Right. So, so to me, you know, that, that's that execute side. And then once we've built this set of repeatable processes that hopefully we're executing in a consistent fashion, now the next question is, is it working? Right. Are, are the controls actually operating the way we intended and are they producing the desired outcome right right and do we have a way of proving that right so do we have as management right so i've got these uh these trusted processes are they creating the trusted information that i need to know that my information security risk is being effectively managed and perhaps more importantly these days that we've got an information security program and strategy that is a business enabler because of course. if you are going to drive your company from you know, $1 million to $3 million, that means you're going to bring in new clients, and perhaps you're processing different types of data, perhaps you're spinning up different types of services, and you need that information. If nothing else, you're going to be exposed today. to more companies. Exactly. If nothing else. With, right. with, more, with more client contractual That's obligations right. or expectations. That's right. Right? That's right. So you need to know as, 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 as the board or the CXO that that information security program is going to be where you need to be when you get there. Right. Right. So those are the three fundamental pieces. And then within each piece, right, there's three pieces, right? So if you think about a vision, what does it take to get to a vision? Right. You need a, a, a clear picture. Right. What is the information we're processing? You know, wh what are the assets that support it? Who are the people that are involved in processing the data? What are the laws and regulations that govern it? What are the threats against it? Right. You know, what would happen if you know, a risk was realized. Right? Clear picture. A clear picture. Right. Then you need expert personnel, right? Because you need somebody who's got both domain and or industry expertise right. to be able to translate 
that information, you know, understand where we are, understand that picture, right? Right. Generate the picture very often as well, and then create the picture of the future shape, which I'm going to refer to as an information security strategy. Right. Right. And that's, that's inside the vision bucket. That's exactly right. And right. that strategy, right, is going to be again it should be aligned with those open trusted frameworks. And it really should set the course for what are we going to need to do over the next three years, right? What are the principles guiding, uh, guiding principles that we're aligning ourselves with, right? And what's the time frame that we're going to achieve them in? And we can use that to vet all of those decisions that we make in terms of sure. the people that we hire, the products and tools that we purchase, um, you know, the, the the processes that we put in place, right? Right. All those can be aligned with that strategy, right? Mm -hmm. So, as an example, if you're going to buy, a, if you're, let's say, you're an organization that's a software as a service firm, uh, and we need to get to a point where uh, we've got uh, a, a very mature CI/CD process where security is baked as far left into it as again, and and yeah. CI/CD is you know, continuous integration, continuous development. You know, it's just. In SaaS worlds, right, they're they're constantly pushing changes to the software, right. right? Doing that in a secure way. Well, it's a development technique. There you go. Yeah. And having that having that vision is going to allow us to know, like, okay, what tools are we going to need, and what skill sets are we going to need to achieve right. that, right? So I can plan for that. Yeah. So that's that vision bucket. That makes sense. Yeah, it does it does? Um, so, and isn't that isn't that in a weird way, right? Think about your VC so process. That's right? exactly. I'm what your VC so process is a lot like ours, right? Isn't that what it is? I know. I'm thinking in my head, how am I going to lift those ideas and put them into a new graphic I, I, on my I, documentation? I, I'm going to show you my graphic and say the frick away from it. it better not look too much like ours. <laughs> That's great. Um, no, it's, it, it really hits the nail on the head. Uh, and I think going back to what started this, this, this part of the conversation is, is being able to translate the importance and the pressures that these companies are, are, are feeling because they you know, they have a customer, the sales dude's talking to a customer, and the customer's like, we need to be ISO, and that, I mean, I, I have this going on right now, and that sales dude's like, well, I, you know, we need to be ISO, and I'm like, well, the ISO's just not a turn the key process. So we have to be able to, by implementing a strategy such as what you just outlined, it's a way to, for the company to say, okay, take a deep breath, the security stuff is hard, this attestation stuff is hard, this compliance stuff is hard, I need to have set a clear vision and I can't just, the organization can't afford the time to, to run around going crazy trying to uh, play whack-a-mole with how we're approaching cybersecurity. Yeah, right? it's, it's a measured approach as opposed to an ad hoc. And, That's right. And, and to your point, like so so uh, we have a new BC so client recently mm -hmm. and it was interesting because we got a an RFP out of the blue. You know, They got our name from somebody and it was an RFP for a virtual CISO and a, a SOC 2 uh, preparation. Yeah. No, but actually to prepare them for okay. the SOC 2 audit, uh, you know, SOC 2 consulting engagement. Yep. So uh, we jumped on the phone with them, and uh, I, I literally was in my head, had just been in a meeting where I had presented this this model, and I, I put the model up on the screen and started talking to it. And um, and, I, and I was like, well, I know you're talking about, I look, I said, we'll, we'll respond to your bid, but and, you know, if we did, we'd be wasting your money. So you know what? Actually, we're not going to respond to your bid. So if you really want to go, and here's and you haven't you, look, you, we don't have a clear picture. Right. You know, we don't know where you need that's to right. get. We really need a strategy. This isn't going to be the only client that's going to ask you for attestation. Why are we jumping through hoops for this particular client when all right, you're not addressing the privacy component, which is going to come because you've got personal information. Right. You're not addressing this. You're not addressing that. We it's really tactical. Need to you're like, being tactical. That's right. 
That's right. exactly right. And cyber needs to be strategic yes. at this point. Exactly. There was probably a time when it was okay if it was tactical. I agree completely. Um, but not anymore. Yeah. And what was interesting too is then, then the conversation evolved. And remember we talked about the idea of like you've got vision up top, right? Those three things, right? Right. Then when we roll over to the execution component, right? What is execution? Well, the first part is that you translate that strategy into a near-term actionable plan. Yeah. Right. Think about it. You know, like when you guys do your your VC, so right. I'm sure you're doing a risk assessment. I'm sure, right. you're doing a gap assessment. Right. So that's the risk treatment plans and gap remediation plans, right? That's the tactical, short-term plan that comes right. out of that strategic that's vision right. that you've created for them, right? Now the next part is okay. We need to get to these repeatable processes. So that's often in information security, you know, development, developing a set of policies, procedures, standards, things like incident response plans, business continuity plans, and things of that nature. And then and setting in the, the regimented processes to review those plans, exactly. test those plans. So all Ideally put them into a project plan or into a right. GRC tool or something right. which is you can track it. Oh, by the way, now it's time to do a tabletop. That's exactly right. right. And then the last piece of that is do we have the people, right? And, and, and not only do we have the people, the quantity, and quality of the mm -hmm. people, right? Do they have the appropriate training, knowledge to actually execute these repeatable processes in a way which is effective and efficient? Right. And do we have the tools to actually do that? And what was cool about this is that during the conversation, they were saying, hey, we're going to buy this tool called Vantive. Have you heard of Vantive? And I, I have. It's a tool for SOC 2 prep, right? Okay. And I was like, yeah, it's it's a pretty good tool. I said, but, and I, and I literally had a picture of the wheel up, and I'm like, so you're down here and execute, and you're actually talking about you're going to buy a product before you have a clear vision up here, and and the, and, the, and the, the, the guy on the phone goes, I was just thinking the same thing. Right after after you were helping him understand, right? <laughs> what are we doing? Why are we jumping to execute when we haven't finished vision? Right. But it was really cool to see you know this this uh, and he was a CFO. It was really cool to see a CFO connect with the model, and it was it was to me like. That's great. Lights on. This is so. Cool. I, I think, and this is maybe where um, where the it, it, or the difference between maybe the clients that we serve. Mm -hmm. We I think we serve typically a little bit smaller companies in here. Like our average size is probably like seventy five to one hundred people. Firms, you're a little yeah. bit bigger than that. Yeah, yeah. We, we have them all the way down to like you know we do a lot of SaaS work with smaller firms. Yeah, yeah. But we, we do. roll, but we right. roll pretty regularly up into the 10, 15, 20 thousand. Right, exactly. Right, we're not right. a we don't do a lot of work with you know Fortune five hundred style, and I don't want to work for Fortune five hundred companies to be honest with you. Well, because they're they're down there in the execute piece, and, and on top of that, they they don't they don't value what you bring to the table. They're, they they don't value your culture. You know. You're, right. you're a number to them. I like working for small firms. I, I couldn't agree with you. Really, more. I, I would never go back to. I've done work for. I'd never go back to working for Fortune 500. Sorry, and if there's business. any Fortune 500 companies listening to this, please call John Barry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, what I was what I was getting at is we we talk about this with a lot of times. There's there's a reason why our clients, our mutual clients, are reaching out to us. They there's some pressure they're feeling. Mm -hmm. Very seldom is it. You know what? We need to develop that clear vision of what we want to do. We need to mm -hmm. acquire the resources. We need to execute on, you know, kind of mapping out what you just described. Very seldom do they come to us with that already in place where we're spending the first portion of a VCSO engagement, you know, first couple of months, kind of putting those, those pieces in place so that we can then, you know, get them... Uh, geared and tuned and, and ready to go moving forward. So 
I, I appreciate what you said with companies that are really down in the execute area because we see it all the time. Like, we'll, we'll just buy a product to do X, Y, and Z. Right. Well, Those are the worst CISOs in the world, right? The yeah, guys, that's right. When you, and, and that's another great question. If you're if you're a, if you're someone in the CXO suite or a board, and you talk to your information security person with regards to their information security strategy, and it's a product strategy, get rid it's, of that. It, well, it's not a strategy. That's it. But but they'll portray it as a strategy. Yeah. And if you're not from our field and you haven't had the experience of sitting on our side of the fence you know a guy whose pro information security strategy is a product strategy is a guy that you want to get that's away right from. it's not to say that project or products can't fill a piece of the strategy they absolutely you're going can. to need product if, uh, right. generally speaking mm -hmm. uh, that being said um, really it's about personnel in our industry right now personal and process yeah yeah, I mean, yeah if you, process, if you, if you take sure. those three P's right yeah. personal product and process yeah I would argue that the least important of those three P's is the product product right if right. i can make it just work uh, with anything i was talking to uh, a pe firm just today actually um this doing a roll up um and similar to your phone rings off mm -hmm. the hook a lot mm -hmm. um and talking about different product companies they were bringing in mm -hmm. to this 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 umbrella firm that they were trying to create and i'm like oh, that yeah that's cool tech yeah that's pretty cool yeah that that tech you know they, they don't really you don't organizations don't have that problem anymore it's not exciting so the problem with the, the, the product P is that, and I don't know if this is uniquely cybersecurity, but the security threats and the risks that organizations face change you know, very, very quickly. And something that is an absolute must have from a product perspective or a capability perspective uh, for a particular organization in 2015, by 2019, it may not be something that anybody cares about anymore. So the products are really, really tough investments to make without the proper processes and people and ultimately strategy. Right. And plus on top of that, people don't typically understand the complexity of optimally implementing the products. Well, that, that, yeah. you know, making sure that people are appropriately trained and updated and, right. and maintain that, uh, you know, ensuring that we don't have coverage gaps, implementation yeah. gaps, monitoring gaps. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a there's a, a good book of business out there just to go around and validate that people's tools actually are working the way they think they are. That's crazy. And we did a we did a that that for a a, a large city, and we went in to do and it, it was funny because we got called in to do a penetration test, and they said, look, this is just validation. You really don't need to probably put a lot of time in here. I mean, this is the most lockdown environment that we've ever <laughs> we've ever produced words, by for sure. Yeah. So what we and and the people knew what they were doing in this particular agency of this particular city and we had done a lot of work there so we thought it was going to be we go in and like we're, we're 15 minutes in and we're like own the environment right and it's like how is this possible mm -hmm. so we're like guys and no no look look all our vulnerability scans are clean right we're like you must have your vulnerability scanner misconfigured right so like they engaged us to actually review all of their tool implementation and they were using qualus and qualus has this really nice little checkbox that says enable fast scanning I know that because we use Qualys. Who wouldn't want to enable fast scanning? That's right, because why do you want it to be slow? That's right. So what does fast scanning do? <laughs> it misses things. <laughs> yeah, it, only, it only scans like, right. like the top it like takes a sample. ports or something. Yeah, it takes yeah. a sampling, basically. Yeah. yeah. So what happened was all the ports all the ports it was actually scanning were locked down tight, but every port it wasn't was where, where they had their vulnerabilities. And, and to go into the deep, nerdy hacker world, mm -hmm. and all the hackers mm -hmm. know this. So to make matters worse, they know that these tools are being, you know, th these products are being tooled in certain ways, and they say, okay, well, mm -hmm. port, you know, twenty five eighty five is not being 
monitored because it's not part of the fast scanning component of the vulnerability scanners. Let's let's see if we can't use that. That's exactly right. Yeah. Or they start a scan on a on an outside network and they get uh, they get uh, blacklisted or shunned for a short period of time. It's like yeah. oh that must be a this type of firewall. That's right. You know, you shouldn't scan port. So now they change it so it doesn't scan port 521 or whatever the trigger port is. Right. Yeah. By the way, anybody that was just listening to the podcast just fell asleep with us, just nerding I, out on the uh, tech a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we, we, I have a tendency to do that to people. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, so, so, let's get back to, so let's get back to the business thing. So we talked about vision. Right. right? We talked about execute. Right. right. So now let's kind of finish that with that validate portion. Right. So once we've built these executable processes, right, how do we know they're working as intended? Mm -hmm. Right. I would argue that in the best programs that I've seen, you've got some form of security metrics, right? Right. So you're, you're, you're measuring, you know, like it might be mean time to close vulnerabilities. It might be um, percentage of uh, vendors that you've done a due diligence review on right. in the last year. Some type of be, metrics. Some type of metric, right? Yeah. And then some type of a monitoring program. Right, that monitoring program is going to be some probably some type of log monitoring and things of that nature. Sim or something. Exactly. Right. And it's probably going to be some mechanism to validate, monitor that the controls that we have operationalized are actually being executed, right? Ideally, like you said, if you're using a GRC tool, that helps you do that, right? Sure. Or if you're using, you can put it into a project, you can put it in Asana, put it in Rank. I don't really right. care, but put it in your help desk ticketing system. Make them all tickets, right? We want to make sure that if somebody says they're going to, that doing monthly uh, user account reviews or doing monthly vulnerability scans is critical to your security posture, how do you know that's actually happening, right? So that's, we call that active measurement or right. measurement monitoring. Now, then you want to also, like a hallmark of good information security is, you know, what I'll refer to as independent objective review, right? Always a good idea to make sure that you have an independent objective third party that comes in on occasion and says, yep, this is working the way that you think it and is. And that, that comes in all sorts of shapes and sizes. Excellent. Yeah. Pen testing to just vulnerability testing or a full-blown assessment. That's it. That's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly right. And, you know, and the other thing, too, is that you want to, you want to have someone who is willing to say, you know, your baby's not really not all that good looking, right? right. Got to be done gracefully, right? right? Uh, and then that last piece, of course, and I think this is where you and I probably see the most amount of our business is, you know, at some point, most of the people that come to us need respected proof of their security posture. Right. They have they have somebody they need to prove to that they're doing the right things, right? So we call Government, client, regulator, investor. It's the SEC. It's right. an investor. You Very often it's a customer, right? Right. And, and they have to produce an ISO 27001 certificate or a SOC 2 Type 2 Auditor's Report or... Some type X. of attestation That's of right. some sort. That's exactly right. 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 From a respected company. Right. So if you think about it, that's really that whole process, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not rocket science, but what no. I like about it is that it's very simple to understand. And I think it's the kind of a conversation that allows a business person who really might not be a bits and bytes and know a lot of the acronyms that we were talking about, but I, I think it allows them to have a conversation with the teams that are responsible for architecting, operating, and validating their information security posture. Yep in a way that I think they can get to a point where they know if things are good or not. So, I mean, when you think about the, the high level there, mm -hmm. it, it's how you run a company, it's how you run a sales organization or an operational organization. Now, the, the devil is in the details, of course, mm -hmm. um, but it's, it, so it should make sense to every executive out there. Exactly. I, I mean, it may not be how they're running their own company, but it, it, the idea, the concept is very clear. I, I agree completely. Right. 
So we've gone way over the time that I said that this was I was going to take of yours today. And I and I and I told you that if you were able to shut me up in twenty minutes, that I would, I would find that That's remarkable. Right. That's right. That I'm most, more worried that the beer might get be getting warm over there at Troon right now. If the beer's been poured, then this this podcast is over. Right. That's right. I mean, let's be clear. That's right. Well, so I, I think everything you had to say. I'm, I'm you know I think our listeners will really find a lot of value in this podcast. So I really appreciate the time. Yeah, no, listen, always, I, I'm glad I could help out and. I'd love to return the favor if we can maybe find a good topic for you to visit that and great. Uh, appear on our podcast. That sounds great. Uh, that would be awesome. So as we end every podcast, um, we are Harbor Technology Group. We always ask our, our guests to provide or give us an idea of someplace they'd like to go that's on the water, like on the beach or at a harbor, and a place to grab a beer or have a burger or something uh, at that. I'm putting on you, so, you on so, the spot. No, you're not putting me on the spot. You, you sent. The, the, I saw this question on your website, oh, okay. so, so I'm prepared for it. Okay. But, but I'm not prepared to give you one. Oh, okay. I'm prepared to give you more. Of than course, one. as you just said, you're going to take longer than 20 minutes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I, this is going to take 20 minutes. Just giving you the list <laughs> right. of places. No, I'm going to give you a couple that I think okay. that are that Perfect. are that are really cool places. Some of the, my favorite memories, and, and, they, and they all involve vacation with my family. Great. Um, uh, in Nantucket. Uh, which is a wonderful place. There's a there's a place called Galley, G-A-L-L-E-Y, on the beach in Nantucket, where you literally dine with your feet in the sand. Perfect. Awesome place. Uh, really a lot of you, fun. Weren't you just fun. up there? No, 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 I was just in the Hamptons. Okay. Uh, in the Hamptons, right, if you ever spend a day in Southampton at, like, uh, at Cooper Beach, which is recently rated as the number two beach in, in the United States, um, not far from there is a, a restaurant called the Plaza Cafe, yeah. rated really high from a seafood perspective best oysters that I've ever oysters on the half shell I mean with a little bit of caviar incredibly fresh it was like and it's because we're drinking the best seawater you've ever I mean it was so good <laughs> um, and then, uh, uh, and then uh, in, in, in Antigua there's a really cool place called Sheer Rocks uh, it's built on these cliffs and what they do is they build these platforms that extend out over so you're sitting there and you can look down and you're 50 feet over the ocean pounding against rocks below you. Amazing. And there's these billowing white curtains. Yeah. Really, really cool. That sounds amazing. And then if you want a harbor, there's in uh, English Harbor, in also in Antigua. Right. There's a, a place called the Admiral's Inn, and I think the restaurant is called Pillars, which, okay. is, which is one of the most beautiful places I've ever dined. They have these old concrete pillars, uh, and they have these uplights on them. And you're sitting right on the water, and there's these weird like channels that kind of extend into this really old building. And what it turns out is that when they did the sugar trade, this was where they would bring the ships in to repair the masts and the uh, and the sails. Very cool. So and that, where they'd slide them in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so Nantucket, are, uh, Southampton, yep. and Antigua. Yeah, and I'll give one more. Okay, uh, perfect. Uh, and not as nice in, in terms of that, but one of my favorite places, Papagayo's in uh, Grand Cayman. Right. Right. Which, is, which is awesome. It's on yeah. kind of like a little lagoon. I think that's one on Michael's list as well. Oh, Papa Guy is yeah, oh, yeah. such a great restaurant. Yeah, yeah. One, yeah. one of my favorite places. No, so. That's great. Well, thanks for that. And thanks again for all the time. And you got it, man. Being a great friend over the years, too. Yes, yeah, Appreciate you. it. Same here. Take care. Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. We would also like to thank Tom Marshall for the original music. Yes, that Tom Marshall from Fish fame. 
Harbor's portfolio of services is designed to meet the cybersecurity needs of small and medium enterprises. We offer a range of services from cyber risk advisory to VCSO consulting to meet specific security requirements without putting a strain on your technology budget. If you like what you heard here, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends and colleagues. We release new podcasts every other week and are available on Spotify and Apple. You can reach us through our website if you have additional questions or suggest a great harbor we should mention on our next show.